0: Broads, today's episode is sponsored by Kettle and Fire. I have to say, I was already a big fan of Kettle and Fire bone broth, but Becca, you've had a really great experience lately, and watching you document it on social media has re-influenced me.
2: (laughs) Influencing the influencer. I love it. Uh, But no, you're right. I have had the most amazing experience with the bone broth from Kettle and Fire the past few months. I set out to heal my gut through the uh, candida diet because of a whole bunch of other health issues. And, um, one of the things that was a big part of that diet was sipping on bone broth and just in a few days of using it, I mean, I've actually been drinking the broth for months and months now, but I noticed a really big difference. Less bloating. Um, Since then, you know, my hair, skin, and nails have felt incredibly healthy. My digestion has been better. So, yeah.
0: Kettle and Fire uses super high-quality ingredients and comes in these little perfectly portioned cartons, which make them super convenient to just heat up and enjoy on the go.
2: And lucky for the broad squad, you could save 20% off with code CHATTY. So go to kettleandfire.com and use code CHATTY to save 20% on your first order today. Episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. I will fall upon the wet and keep my eyes upon the waves. when the oceans rise,
0: my soul will rest in your embrace. Are we gonna get flagged because we sound so good? Yeah. Are we? Are we Hillsong? am i i'm trying to remember the names of everybody i'm like i forget it's been so wow. long i used to know You've the names of everyone so far. i know i know what <laughs> the names tragedy. of the actual like singers oh, of course carrie joe oh yeah oh yeah okay i didn't know um, that too bethany something i think i don't know bethany remember. hillsong bethany hillsong bethel <laughs> bethany,
2: bethany bethel <laughs> Um, guys, we are doing something that has been long awaited by some of you. Some of you are like, shut the fuck up about your Christian stop walk again. about your <laughs> Christianity and your past! Ah, we'll never stop. It's um, part of who we are.
0: It really yeah, is.
2: We are gonna just kind of give a Bible broads update. I think, like, it was, I think it was 2019 when we first kind of sat down yeah. and talked about our journey through growing up Christian and where we're at with our deconstructing, where we're at now. And, I, and am- I
0: i was so nervous, Becca. Like, do you remember me? I know, you had a really good reason to be. I was at the time, like there was still a lot of involvement, especially family-wise in the church. And I hadn't really shared a lot of that with um, close friends and um, family
2: in my life who were still very much connected to the church. Now, can you confirm this on the pod? That episode in particular had an impact on, like, an actual
0: real impact. It changed. I'll just say this. I can't get into details, but it changed our life. Like, in a good way, in a bad way. In a bad way, because there was so much heat that we received and the amount of personal, like, issues amongst our family. And it basically ended... Relationships that I would even go there. My dad Um, said my mom
2: listened to it and cried for three days. She never really talked to me about (laughs) it. And you know what's so crazy
0: is when I, I, I trust me, I went back and listened to it a hundred times because of all the drama that occurred from it. And I was like, what did I say? And when I listened back to it, I felt, I felt good about it. I I didn't feel like there was like this slanderous energy. It was literally just us being super open about this is how we were raised in an evangelical church specifically. And these were the things that we had a problem with and these are reasons why we're questioning this and maybe walking away And this is kind of where we're at and it was just a really open conversation.
2: What does evangelical even mean? (sighs)
0: Should we look up the definition?
2: (laughs) Because I sometimes when there's these terms, I like don't actually know what they mean and I'm like are we using something as a catch-all, you know for like I don't I don't actually know evangelical definition.
0: Oh my gosh, this is so basic. Uh according to the teaching of the gospel of the Christian religion.
2: Okay, so maybe you would just say like, well, I mean, that that does make sense because it it's like you are following uh through like a rule or a guideline like the um the teachings of the Bible where there are some like denominations of Christianity where it's very kind of like Free for all, loose, right? Like, let's take the spirituality of Jesus. Yeah, and I, th- like, you I know? think when
0: we had the first conversation, we were like very much putting an umbrella over just Christianity, and there are yeah. so many pieces and sects of Christianity, whether it be Protestant, Catholicism. Like the sh- the church that I was raised in was considered non-denominational, which I think is kind of just like a mix of certain yeah.
2: beliefs. I went to Foursquare and non-denominational, but yeah, there are so many different experiences because even like Bethany, when we had her on last week, talking like I. There were things about her experience where I was like, oh, that wasn't like my experience right. at all. Right. Or like I could relate to some things, but other things I was like, oh, that wasn't like how my church sure, was, you sure. know?
0: So there's so many different parts and sects of Christianity. But yeah. when we had that episode, we'll include it in the episode notes. Oh, yeah. Um, good idea. But it, we talked about our experience personally. And my friend Valerie was on um, and talked about her experience Uh but man, there was fall out. And so in a in that way, it was, I'd say, negative, quote unquote, because it was really hard and it yeah. really affected our relationships. But the positive side of it was Evan and I had to have conversations that had been lingering for a really long time.
2: With each other? Or with uh, other no, no, we with were people, on the same page people, okay. with
0: other people and were able to set up certain boundaries. And even though it was hard, it really helped us take a turn in not only our relationship, but just kind of the way that we moved in the world a little bit and not feeling like we were living in this kind of secret place oh, yeah. amongst certain family and friends. Oh, yeah. And
2: sort of code talking with with people like, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like using the right. lingo to kind of show that you're still sort of. Yeah, right. and, um Yeah. No. No, I feel that way. I've had some I've had some difficult conversations with like my mom in particular over the last like six months or so. But it does give a lot of freedom because I was like, well, okay, she knows where I'm at. Like, I had a conversation with her actually when I was super sick at home, when I had like hand foot mouth over Thanksgiving when I was all alone. And I was on the phone with her and I was just like, we were really just having a real, real chat just about like basic theology stuff where I was like, well, no, like, it was the first time I'd ever told her, like, mm. No, like I don't think the Bible is like an infallible word of God. Like I I don't like so I'm not going to like if you're using scripture to like back up your point mm-hmm. for something like that doesn't really like hold credibility with me. Mm-hmm. But I and and I want to get more into this because I have so many. Anyway, so we want to talk about our our kind of like where I guess we're at now. We've yeah. already talked a lot, I think, about where we've come from. And I would reference like past episodes to to kind of dive yeah, deeper into that. Yeah, if you're listening that. to this
0: and you're going, what is going on right now? Like just a brief summary. Yeah, Becca and I were raised in the Christian church, specifically for me, non-denom, for you, the 4 square non-denominational. And that was like, that was our upbringing, like tried and true. Our parents are still involved in it. Um, and it affected our lives in a certain way. And um, every single
2: one of my friends was in, from same, a Christian yeah. family. Every single one. Most, pretty much all of my parents' close friends to this day are. Um, all of my closest friends from childhood were raised very similarly, um, involved, very involved in the church. Uh, I was very. We we talked about this on a recent episode where it was Jess. You were real heavily involved in the church until your twenties. Yeah, I was not really personally. I was only personally really involved until my very early teen years. Afterward, after which I was just kind of like attending church, and it was just my own family stuff. Um, but anyway, what was really interesting to kind of think back on in that past episode is how. I don't think we were intentionally dancing around how we felt. I think we just really didn't know where we stood on a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I was, I, I'll i be honest and say I was a little bit in the middle because it was the first time that I was publicly talking about it. And like I said, I hadn't addressed it with a lot of family and people around yeah. me. So I was... Do you feel
2: like you were maybe maybe i was no i was dripping in sweat
0: (laughs) dripping in sweat um and i wouldn't say it was like where i was i didn't have any moment in in it of dishonesty it was just more like i was tiptoeing around certain let me
2: put it this way topics You, you weren't going you weren't going to say like i like you didn't feel comfortable making a big statement where you would be like i do not believe in the Bible. Like, exactly. it's like you're just you're just not going to say exactly. that you're going to leave that part out. It's not dishonest, but you're just like I'm not going to go there. I
0: was just there were certain things that I was like, "Oh, this is already going to be just a hammer totally. <laughs> amongst my family." Totally. That there was just an awareness of like how I was verbalizing certain things, yes. but the other side, the other part of it, I fully agree and I felt the same way where I just wasn't quite sure where I felt. Like I had been deconstructing my faith uh for numerous years at that point quietly you know with with Evan but very much by myself as well yeah. not with family and i was just you know using podcasts and books and trying to figure out uh where i stood and i also was like really angry yeah i was really angry like i had felt like i had been so hurt and i was realizing my trauma mm. and how that that had affected so many parts of my life that I hadn't realized. Mm. I was so angry at how the church had hurt so many people around me, Mm -hmm. whether it be friends who were coming out and then rejecting them, whether it be Mm -hmm. people who were getting abortions and they were getting cast out, like someone who was having sex outside of marriage. Like, I mean, everything and seeing all the hurt and the really broken family relationships and again, that was from where I was coming from. And that was my so I was I was still bitter and I hadn't reconstructed yet. I was just breaking everything down.
2: I think that also something that's maybe a particular difference. I was reflecting on recent. When were we talking about this recently? Remember, we were really yeah. chatting. getting. Oh, when into you were it.
0: when you were talking about um, you interviewed me. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. So through through your interview, I kind of. Oh, and by the way, I just want to give a heads up. We are going to be having a guest joining us kind of talking about his very specific Mm -hmm. kind of like religious, maybe cult. I'll ask him if he thinks of it that way. Yeah. Upbringing and kind of how he's gone through the same process of being like, fuck all of this. And then, well, actually, here's some pieces I might want to keep around in my life. And I think that that's going to be really really fun to get into. So so that's going to be the topic today. But anyway, so something I learned through my interview with you that does stand out between our two experiences, I think something very specific that the that your experience uh in in the church and in your specific community that I think a lot of people can relate to is that there was a big part of your identity, not talking about sexual identity or anything mm-hmm. like, like your identity, like who you are, that was really tampered and stunted by mm-hmm. the community that you were around. I would say around.
0: most of my identity. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like the, like just the the little things that make you, mm-hmm. you not the, yeah.
0: Yeah. Little and big, you yeah. know, all, yeah, most every piece. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's like, cause I can really relate to like a lot of, just small things where we're, I'm talking about shame around just even things like just just kind of Christian or con, Judeo-Christian concepts sort of around like laziness or productivity or, of course, sexual shame has been a really big one. Of but course. I think we had a different experience in terms of feeling freedom to be ourselves mm-hmm. and live our lives. Um, and so I can just, I just really feel for you and a lot of other people who I'm realizing have had this experience of like, just not feeling the freedom to just be who they are. Mm -hmm. Not even about like being gay or being open about sex, like literally just little things about. I know you went through just stuff with like style, like just even (laughs) personal style, Mm -hmm. just even how you talk about yourself Mm -hmm. and how you move about the world that was stunted by the community of people who wanted to dictate the way that you, that you were supposed to be? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. No, I I really appreciate that, and I think, I think, and we we'll, we can get into this with our guests too. But I think something that that has really happened in my life recently, and again, this is just my personal experience. Like, I think the beautiful thing about humans is that we're all in different places. So, someone listening to this podcast might be in the heat of dealing with trauma yeah someone listening to this podcast might be like the church saved me yeah someone listening to this podcast might be like how dare they give someone the benefit of the doubt who's involved in the church i mean there's we're all in different places right and we'll remain having different feelings and we're all
2: projecting our trauma all over the place to everyone and everything we listen to of course
0: but for myself personally um since that podcast episode i'm so grateful for it because even though it was like a hammer and it had a lot of rippling effects that were really painful for a while because of the conversations. I feel like I'm in a place now in my life where I, there's still definitely the trauma. Don't get me wrong. And the triggers, but for the first time in this past year, I would say that I am able to, see the beautiful moments Mm -hmm. and also be able to have relationships again with certain people who I probably wouldn't have been able to be before because there was just too much pain. Yes. And they see completely through their still very evangelical lens. Yeah. And I couldn't have a conversation with them. And now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm able to have, whether it be family or friends, that I'm like, oh, I can have conversations and like, I can still hear you and learn from you. And maybe you can hear me and learn from me too.
2: I think that that's a beautiful theme that I'm just seeing over and over again in this past year in my life and in just lives of people around me where, because this extends so far beyond the church. And I think that so many people have been in a space whether it be in interpersonal relationships with the church or even just with the general population that that sees something very differently and and maybe in your opinion very in a very wrong way where we have not been able to even interact with them you Mm -hmm. know it's been a culture of i can't handle where i'm at right now i can't handle the the trigger of of where you're at in life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can't have a conversation with you. And I have so much hope that as we can all kind of heal ourselves, that we can move into that space you're talking about of like, yeah, maybe we're not going to be besties skipping through fields of flowers, holding hands together, but maybe we could take a deep breath when we're in a good moment and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to look past some of this stuff that I don't right. like. And I hope that you can do the same for me.
0: Well, for me, you know, specifically, it's like if something's not at least in my journey, <laughs> I hate the word. in my journey through this, it's like if the person that I'm interacting with isn't doing anything to actively hurt another person, yeah. then in, in this helps you, this belief helps you and you're not actively hurting anyone you should be able to hold whatever belief you want. And at, oh, yeah. the, and at the time, I couldn't do that. Yeah, At the time, I couldn't do that. Because I had so many things that I was projecting from my own
2: Well, it's a trigger. It's trauma. activating. It's like right. you, you you get in this fight or flight mode where you're fight or flight mode. Where you're like, right. I can't. Right.
0: But even then beyond that, when there are people who are doing things that are damaging to people, I feel like I've been able to now at least at this point, have conversations because I remember the people who were willing to have those conversations with me when I was so resistant, when I was so deep in this spot. Again, my my experience with the church where there was so much judgment, just non-understanding of anyone's story outside of mine. Yeah. And there were people in my life who were willing to sit with me and hear me projecting shit all over them and be still with me and work
2: through things with me. It's so compassionate and beautiful.
0: And I, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm in this space now where it's like, okay, I can, especially with certain family members, again, boundaries are necessary and I had to put those up. But now when I'm feeling comfortable, it's like, who else is going to have this conversation with maybe a family member about let's well, let's talk about abortion, like a conversation that they're going to be so resistant to and they're only really hearing from one perspective, right? That I can actually sit and now have a conversation and be like, all right, let's like actually this is inside I'm going, oh God. Yeah. You know, thinking of all those faces of friends and myself who have walked through this and, you know, whatever but to not just be able to sit and have that conversation and be like okay let's let's have a conversation about the other side of this
2: yeah and and that's and I know and, you
0: have your religious beliefs but let's let's really talk about this
2: well and that that's when you're when you've experienced like a level of healing in yourself that also gives you the ability to regulate your own emotions and to make better choices in those conversations too mm-hmm. where you have the Oh, man, yeah, you're you're really speaking to me because there's those times where you don't have that. You have very still raw, open yep. things. And I have been on literally both those sides are, are arguing two different points where there are things that are raw and open and emotional. And I don't even have the regulation to stop myself from just tearing at someone. Mm-hmm. And then when you have healing, you have the regulation to even be able to say, I I think we should like we are getting to a place where we're not going anywhere. We could put this on hold, but I really appreciate you having this conversation. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. That is, that's on growth, baby.
0: Right, and it's it's on growth. And like, oh god, I'm not saying that I figured it out. Like it's just a massive struggle still. But I just have been having a lot of flashback memories lately that I think I suppressed for the past couple years because they were, oh, they hit me too hard in the gut. Memories of who you were, who I was, and what I used to say, and what I used to believe, by the way, so carelessly, because someone preached at me or taught me, and I said, okay, Mm. and then I would hold firm to that with no understanding, no life experience, no conversation with other Uh people. And uh-huh. I would hold so firm, and I've been having these flashbacks uh-huh. of, oh my God, you thought what? You said what? Uh-huh. You believed what? Uh huh. And then remembering those people in my life who would have those conversations with me, who I am so forever grateful for, who were patient with me, friends who had walked away, who I'm sure having the conversation with me, so triggering to hear their friend, you know, fighting tooth and nail about something when they've now seen this other this other beautiful piece and perspective and, and uh, I mean, facts at the end of the day about some of these things.
2: But they love you and they don't care that you're problematic. They don't care that Mm -hmm. you're, that you're saying shit that's fucked up. They don't care because they love you and they care about you. And they were willing to like
0: go through the trenches with me. And it's, Ooh, God, when I think back about that, it doesn't make me feel great, but it's just the truth. But you know, because it was how I was raised. It was, it was literally all that I knew
2: also ooh, even though just, i knew
0: even though i will say this there were there are certain things where i knew in my gut that mm-hmm. i'm like this is wrong when i get mm. when i'm seeing other people being hurt mm. it was like there's a problem here yeah, but yeah, i just off. didn't know until i was older or given enough space to maybe explore how to have those conversations and what work the alternative that out. is exactly
2: what the alternative is you know seeing the alternative right. modeled and i am so excited for this conversation and future conversations because oh I'm so excited it just gets me just gets me thrilled um because I just have been having conversations too with talking about friends how talking about friends I don't don't know (laughs) like like, "Mm -hmm." an accent (laughs) yeah this is just part of my method I'm practicing for a role how I've been having conversations with some of my friends about how growing up steeped in this dogma and ideology, how it does give you a certain perspective to be able to recognize the dogma and ideology and go, huh, maybe some of this modeling of like, you're sinful and you're not doing good and you must abide by these rules or you are, you know, these kind of things that I grew up with, sometimes I'm starting to recognize it in dialogues we're having online and I'm really excited in some future episodes to get into that. We have a guest um, who I'm just obsessed with, Clementine Morgan, who's going to be coming on in a couple of weeks and kind of talking about um, that specific talk- topic. There's going to be a through line with that. But I'm just really excited to have these conversations because I, what you're talking about, about like seeing people is so cool and so powerful I think for the time that we're in right now. But anyway, that's that's enough on that. But oh, anyway.
0: It's been it's been a it's been a journey. And it's cool to have the podcast to look back on and listen to and kind of like remember because time yeah. moves so quickly. Even just like I mean, honest to God, like I listened to episodes from like six months ago and I go, I have a very different opinion mm-hmm, about right. certain things, you know, and, and uh just even with the with the um episode that we initially did i'm not saying that i have a different opinion but it's just cool to have like a timestamp. stamp where
2: you're like i wouldn't answer that question in that way right anymore, it's a time you know?
0: stamp to reflect back and be like interesting so that was where i was
2: so um you know what let's bring in our friend and so who we're bringing on today is our friend abby abby roberge and fun fact, we actually recorded an episode with him a long time ago oh my and it got God. deleted. <laughs> it was,
0: I mean, it was, there has been two episodes and they happened on the same day. Yes. We recorded um, with Abby and Quigley, Quigley. Yeah, and they, got, and they were both great episodes and the computer crashed and we lost, lost. this, this was like, this was maybe like two years ago, but I'm excited to have this conversation with him now because there's been yes. a lot of things I know that in his life that have
2: shifted in his own perspective.
0: Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. But before we chat with our friend Abby, let's take a quick pause, Broads. Uh, When your underwear is just right, it seems like the rest of your day kind of just falls into place. Am I right? You know, when you're wearing soft underwear that doesn't pinch or pull at all and is breathable enough that you're not sweating down there, which if you live in a hotter climate, you know what I mean, okay? That right there is the start of a good day. And whether you're on board with my logic or not, you have to try out the best underwear brand ever okay you all know what i'm talking about i'm obsessed it's the only thing i wear it is me undies
2: Oh my gosh, me undies, they have thought through all the small details to make their underwear as comfortable as possible. Broads, it is like a cloud on your body. They're created with the softest modal fabric, available in a range of sizes from extra small to 4XL, and they come in quite literally every pattern and color you could ever want. And you have to check out their new and improved swimwear styles um, now that the weather's getting warmer i love wearing me undies boy shorts anytime i'm lounging around the house they're super comfy they keep me super cool when the la nights get sticky and stubbornly hot into the 80s and they're pretty cute too
0: take this as your sign to give me undies a try there's really no better time because Me Undies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you'll get 15% off. If you sign up for their free-to-join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. Again, Brods, I echo what Becca says. It's literally like you're covered in a cloud, okay? Me Undies is the angel underwear you need.
2: What are you waiting for? Get 15% off your first order and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to uh, meundies.com slash chatty. That's meundies.com slash chatty.
0: So many of us have made an attempt to switch to more natural beauty and wellness products in the past few years. But let me tell you, that can be a whole lot easier said than done. You know, sometimes those products they're just not effective, and they just don't cut it. Especially if we're talking about skincare. If you feel the same way, don't worry because we have a brand for you. It's clean,
2: it's effective, it's true. It's just the best. It's just the best. We are talking about Osea. Oh, Sia. Oh my god, you guys. They've been making clean, vegan, cruelty-free skincare products since 1996, long before it was a wellness trend. So I think it's safe to say they've pretty much perfected the art of creating clean skincare. I'm literally obsessed with their body oil. Obsessed, especially in the summertime. My skin is pretty much always dry, but it gets even worse like going in and out of the pool and all that. So I keep the body oil on me constantly. It keeps my skin super moisturized. It's infused with seaweed. And really, as soon as I put it on, I swear my skin looks instantly nourished and healthy. It's one of my favorite body care essentials.
0: Okay, like Becca, my skin also tends to get dry as the weather heats up, but my new go to Osea product is actually their body butter. It is the perfect texture, rich, but not sticky, luxe, but doesn't have that oily residue. I just lather some on after I shower and my skin looks hydrated and silky soft for days. Days, people. Honestly, go on their website, check out their products. They're all incredible.
2: Find your new skincare and body care favorites at oseamalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order um, site-wide, actually, with promo code Broads at oseamalibu.com. You're also going to get free samples with every order, and orders over 50 bucks get free shipping too, so you're going to want it all. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code Broads oseamalibu.com. Okay, we brought Abby into the studio Abby is here Welcome. We were just talking about how your last episode Got deleted and Yeah, was. it
0: was oh, just yeah. one of the saddest things ever You and yeah. we had another guest that day And both of the episodes
2: got just trashed That's
1: okay It was horrible It's better for me You get to see the best version of me Well, that's, that's what
2: actually was so interesting So we'll get into kind of your background But I just know because I've listened to A podcast you were on since then How so much of kind of your viewpoint and your perspective on your upbringing and the spiritual beliefs you're raised with how much that has even shifted for you in the last couple of years oh yeah big time like huge in a huge way yeah so we were just kind of chatting about in very loose terms where we've come from in terms of our christian upbringing and so i would love for you to kind of get into your unique upbringing and how you were raised
1: spiritually yeah. religiously
2: lifestyle
1: i guess like I guess, like, the quick version of it is I was uh, I was born and raised on a Hare Krishna commune, off-grid Hare Krishna religious commune. If you don't know what Hare Krishnas are, it's kind of like a – it's a religion from – originating in India. It's part of, like, the Vedic lineage, and it broke off into its own sort of practice mm-hmm. that's been passed down for a long time. And then this guy Prabhupada brought it over to America in the 60s and it became all the rage and they popped up and it was big and then it died out and then there was some crazy culty stuff that went on in different areas but there was also some good stuff and I was raised in like Northern British Columbia, Canada, dirt roads no electricity, nothing, like full on settlers, like like my dad like built the house with the trees
2: How did your parents become Hari Krishna in the first place?
1: Uh, I think my mom was very spiritual and she like got into it when she was like in high school and she went to high school and where she went to high school it was like New Jersey during like when the movie Grease came out I think and so (laughs) it was like It was, like, if you're doing, like, chanting and and Hindu stuff, like, it is, like, a complete opposite fucking Uh universe. Like, Uh high school nowadays, like, you can do whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you're actually, like, it's actually (laughs) insane to just be normal in high school nowadays. (laughs) But she was doing that, like, back when, like, it's insane to do anything out of the ordinary. So she got into it. Uh, I think my dad did some acid, and that probably led him to. I mean, if he heard this, he'd probably be like. Well, it's a little more complex than that. I'll just boil <laughs> I think down it was to just that. the That's acid. That's a better story. <laughs> and uh, so then, my dad was a monk throughout his twenties, and my mom uh, was super religious, and then they met like doing hari krishna stuff and then my dad well after my dad stopped being a monk they got married i think they had like a group wedding too i mean i'm just throwing his dirt out whatever <laughs> there were like three people that got married at the same time as yeah. they like went down the row which is pretty. <laughs> right wild. i mean it makes
2: it it makes it less complicated honestly weddings can be a lot that was kind of big in the 70s that was like the group weddings were a thing yeah yeah I
1: didn't they know also that. like so like i was born i was actually born in a different commune than the one i grew up in i was born on a commune that was in. Pennsylvania, like rural Pennsylvania. So it was like surrounded by Amish farms, surrounded by like redneck farms. It was like the most bizarre little area. And then you all were area. like right in the middle. And then a bunch of crazy Krishna Krishnas right in the <laughs> middle of that shit. Like it was nuts. And like, it was like the only cruelty free dairy farm in America, which is pretty cool. My dad was literally like a dairy farm. we like what? lived in a trailer and shit. And then uh, my dad was like, I don't wanna raise my kids around like a bunch of like racist, rural, like crazy Pennsylvania people. So he moved us to Canada.
0: Interesting. And then they
1: started this whole new thing. And the commune was more like autonomous, you know? It's more like a landholding corporation. So like everyone, like every other commune is run by the temple this was kind of like run by the people there which was great
2: right because there's different kinds types of commune where you're all joined financially yeah yeah yeah, yeah, exactly there's different definitely different ways to do it but you guys were kind of more in a community
1: yeah yeah exactly and then there was people that lived communally within it when i was growing up and like that was kind of cool and like like so i would go visit my friends that lived in like the kind of communal area that was pretty cool like they had a lot like a uh sawmill like they would like make lumber they had cows they would raise they would like eat the food that they grew and f- cheese from the cows or so homesteading, dairy. It, yeah it was yeah. like full on it was pretty wild wow
2: so okay how was your upbringing just like how would you describe it religiously and spiritually what were the expectations of you what were the practices of the people around you and sort of like how did that shape your view of the world as a young kid
1: i guess i was lucky that like i didn't have like uh like, my, it wasn't pushed on me super hard, which was great. Like, my, okay. like my, like, my dad was cool. I just grew up with my dad pretty much. And he was cool because he, he's smart enough to know that, like, you can't expect a kid to go on their own spiritual journey and come mm. to it. Like, like, everybody has to come to their conclusion. So he never really, like, forced it on us. But I mean, there was obviously, like, community pressure and you're part of the community. So you do all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, to various degrees and you do, uh, you know, they want everyone to chant, they want everyone to commute to participate in the temple programs, they want everybody to uh, f- quote-unquote follow the four regulated principles. So that's no eating meat, uh, no gambling, no illicit sex, and no intoxicants, like including caffeine, like even that's an intoxicant. What, so was, it,
2: what, what was the sex one?
1: no illicit sex so I think it's like no sex like outside of marriage basically okay yeah okay. And, those that, are and that's one that gets debated some people are like sure, no, sure, sex sure. <laughs> no sex not to procreate no sex not marriage it kind of oh, depends no if no outside sex of marriage outside you of know procreation I mean? okay. yeah yeah some people say that some, it's, it's a little it's okay. a little muddy. to yeah, interpretation everyone's, everyone's, everyone, it, but that's everybody yeah I was gonna say good. I'm like we're just talking about that with Christianity it's like there's
0: so many different versions oh yeah you
1: can be freaking Tony Soprano and like a fucking top notch Catholic too it's like Everyone's got a different
2: <laughs> right, thing right,
1: too. Yeah. So
2: the what did you call them? The the tenets of regulation.
1: The four regulated principles. It's regulated just like the principles. Base okay. level rules you need to follow in order to be like mentally prepared to be spiritual. And then also basically the the religion is the philosophy behind the religion is basically like we're born on this like endless cycle of birth and death, right? Mm -hmm. And light and and we're bound to this endless cycle in this universe. We're bound to it by our karma, right? And in order and the goal is to practice a life in service of God fully and fully renounced in service of God and to be released to this karma. So you can no longer you can end this painful birth and death suffering and then just being godhead forever with krishna and all the deities and it's a whole other paradigm of thinking and it's to be released from that and so that in order to get to that place it's through like a lifelong practice
2: what was your understanding maybe
1: of, there's a Hare krishna listening and they're like what you're a fucking <laughs> idiot dude that's not how it I is dude. same thing
2: with christianity though I know. Too, right it's, it's, the it's same. like yeah. it's the same it's different but what's your interpretation of karma like what's your understanding of karma because I have heard it like used in certain contexts all the time, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean necessarily?
1: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point. Like, it could, people say, like, karma, like, eh, well, you know, it's good a karma, cause bad and reaction, karma, right? Do good things, good, bad things. Maybe it's like a little more all encompassing of that. It was like, anytime you do, you act like out of God's will for the world, like anytime you're trying to change God's will or something like that, you're bound, you're like resisting karma. So okay. like when you're so karma fully, is like destiny, like karma is like, is trying to, it's what binds you to this. I'm just, I'm pulling the, I'm making no, this up as I talk. For. That's what I'm asking yeah. For. Yeah. yeah. Your perspective so, of it. Yeah. So there's like good and bad. Right. And so karma, you're bound to this world because you have attachments. Right. Mm-hmm. so, okay your it's you trying to force the universe into your own image as opposed to like god's image that's karma yeah i that's that is that is acting towards bad karma like karma is like is to be in service of like good karma is to be like in service of of krishna or god and, and fully going with that the bad karma would be like going against that do you think that karma? makes sense.
2: Yeah, do you think of a karma as like a as a, like a collection of stones, though, where you're like, here, I'm collecting my good karma, then my bad karma. Now, yeah, there's some good people karma that are like,
1: like, yeah, it's like a spiritual bank account. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like do a bunch of good shit so you right. can go to Vegas on the weekend. You know what Hopefully I mean? Hopefully it's like, more sure. than the bad yeah, karma. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like a bank account. It might be a little more complex than that.
2: Well, I'm sure everything is. But yeah, and then I had someone recently say like, oh, my son, I could tell he was born with like a lot of karma. I'm like, what does that mean?
1: Right, right, yeah. So it's basically like your soul is eternal, right? Right. So it's like your body is just the vessel that carries your soul that goes on. And um, so like, let's say in a bad life, if you're... The, your soul did bad stuff that gets carried on to your future life you know what I mean so like so, how you behave now will affect you in your future lives and, and you are gonna be the one experiencing those things so you can't really get away with anything
2: so is Hare Krishna about reincarnation on earth
1: no the goal the goal well, is to never goal, reincarnate but- again
2: to be done to be eternal done with sleep,
1: it. exactly. But otherwise, if you're not be in there, heaven, basically. right? Yeah.
2: Otherwise, if you're not there, is it just reincarnation on Earth? If you haven't gotten to that place yet, if you haven't, it achieved depends.
1: That? Depends. If you're real bad, you maybe are like a you get you get born as like a you know a bed bug on Johnny Depp's mattress. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you're real bad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if you're real real bad. Yeah. Okay, but were you raised with kind of that concept of like, oh, I might like have another life coming up?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was that scary? It was a little bit. Like, I remember like when I was 10 years old, I broke my arm. I was like, if I got to fucking do this shit again, if I got to do, I got to go through all this bullshit. I don't want to hurt again. Yeah, exactly.
2: We always talk about that because I'm not scared of death. I am scared of coming back in a miserable existence. Like that I like my suck. existence. that's yeah. like one of her biggest fears. I like my existence. it's there's hard parts of it, but what if I came back as in just a fucking miserable like post nuclear war survivor, just like shitty yeah, life
1: that's possible too. That's like so did you
2: think about that at all? Oh a hundred percent
1: like what if I come back a woman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> talk about <What>? pain yeah, <laughs> fuck <laughs> that
0: No I'm it's so funny that you bring this up because Abby and I were hanging out the other day and we started talking about I said, like, my biggest fear is dying.
1: Oh, yeah. We got real into our well, death uh, fears. I know. And, like, then and then I, we both I, got angry. I know. And
0: then I gave poor Abby Ooh. so much anxiety. I was like dumping all of my Ooh. fear. And I'm like, Do you ever lay in bed at night? He's like, Can you stop? <laughs> like, It's nighttime. You're going to like, send me on a spiral. But is that then, when we were talking about the fear of death the other day, is that based, like, from your perception when you're thinking about dying? Are you thinking about reincarnating, or are you
2: thinking about like, yeah? What, how do you picture death? Yeah. Like, obviously, you don't know that's it, true. but when you think about it, how do you think about it?
1: It's it's uh, I don't know. You don't? I, don't I, I I I picture me and myself no longer existing, and like my ego—that's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And then I picture like the people around me suffering, and that's scary. But eventually. They'll stop suffering eventually. Like it all just oh, you mean time the people watches who loved all. You yeah, exactly. The three or four of them. Couple of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting because I I think maybe I'm just optimistic. But when I do think about death, I do think about being in this like natural oasis with all the people I've loved, and we're just like smiling and laughing in yeah, like fields beautiful. of flowers. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Like,
1: I think. Oh, I think about that too. Like I think about. I do think there's a there is a point where it's like when you die, like it could just be like the most like amazing thing. ever. Bliss. And, yeah, exactly. Like and the, I I watched a video of people that, like, who died and then came back. The near-death experiences. Yeah, that stuff's really interesting. They're all like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. And then there's a (laughs) couple people who are like, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one bit. That's the thing that
0: scares the shit out of me, watching the near-death experience videos, because I'm like, I would say, like, 90% of them are like, wow, that was so beautiful and then there's like the handful that have a horrifying experience and i'm like what if that's
2: but if hear that's me mean? out that's like dmt and acid know, like I a know. lot of yeah. people some people are like oh my god i want to do that again and that's then there's true. people like me that are like oh god like that uh, that was horrifying right which true. i think all just kind of comes down to like release like i'm sure that if you're if you're at a near-death experience and you're like fighting and you're like fuck this you're probably gonna have a hellish experience if you're like i surrender well that would be me so
1: pretty much like like every culture uh throughout the world aside from like america and especially in india they just death is just as natural as like birth it's just like Mm -hmm. something people accept it's like the it's like it's just part of the process of this existence right yeah and so when Like when I talk about like karma binding you down, that's you resisting. That's like, that's you fighting. That's like, oh, I don't die. It's like, sorry, you can't control what's like already Ooh, gonna uh-huh. happen, you mm-hmm, know? And then mm-hmm. karma's like doing shit that's bad because you're trying to like force the world in your image kind of. Well, mm.
2: let's be real. Actually, I think I've talked to you about this before. Like, I think that all of that does come down to cycles and how we like especially in our culture in the US are like so disconnected from every cycle from the cycles of our food to the cycles of the season to the cycles of all these different things to even the cycles in our own bodies and we distance ourselves from like the pain and the uncomfortable parts of like birth and death like as much as we possibly can, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 100%. M- mo- and most of us have not uh, have not even taken, have ever taken care of, of someone who is n- close to death and that is like, in every other culture and in the history of the world, that's what you do. Like, mm-hmm. what, else, what other option do you have? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a, definitely a different perspective, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with
1: our food... You yeah. know, everything's just there, packaged, processed. There's just no connection to death in any form whatsoever. Oh yeah, right.
2: Our, uh, our. I was just telling a story on my Instagram the other day because we lost our chicken, and then Gray went to. I was like, "Go put up a sign." And he he was like, "No, nah, fine." And he put up a sign, and then literally the car behind him honked and was like, "We have your chicken." And so we went to their house Whoa. and it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was, per, that insane. is so wild. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was like, I told you to put up the sign. I knew it. So it was funny because it was like this elderly Asian couple. And she was like, I was keeping the chicken and I was going to cook it and like make a meal with it. And he's like, oh, well, we'll give you some of the eggs. Like, and she gave it back. But then people on my Instagram were like, what? Like, I would never find someone's animal and just think to eat it. And I'm like, well because you go to the grocery store and pick out your food and you grew up in a country or in a culture where you had to hello kill your own food that's a pretty natural thought process Uh, that
1: that bothers me so much (laughs) when people are like and i'm a lifelong vegetarian but i'm like you've never eaten
2: meat right yeah yeah
1: and so like and so when people are completely unwilling to like or they have some sort of like moral obligation against like hunting or something like that i'm like don't you Eat meat? Do like, you eat
2: like tortured animals? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I only like my animals to <laughs> yeah. have a
1: miserable life the whole <laughs> yeah, way through, and then a bunch of chemicals put in them. Um, otherwise, that's fucked
2: so, up. So back to like kind of your religious and spiritual upbringing. What kind of were some of the practices in your community? What were like, and what what? I know you said that your dad was not about forcing it on you. But were there expectations of like you're going to attend this service mm-hmm. or like do this specific practice or like that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so I remember like the first 10 years, I was just kind of going along with it because I was just, I didn't, I, I didn't even, growing up with it, I was like, I don't know, what the fuck's going on here? You guys are weird. Like even <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. This is, And I'd be like, and I'd ask people to explain it to me and they're like, you just do the thing. I'm like, okay. And when I was 10 years old, this kind of like, kind of like new guru came to town. Okay. Got everybody fired up. Uh-huh. But he was also sort of like against the organized religion aspect of it, which kind of divided the community, which is wild. And so I'm a kid seeing all these like full grown adults like bickering with <laughs> each other. Interesting. So that okay. was kind of bad. But I guess like I was a kid and all my friends got really fired up into it. So I was got really into it. So we'd like go to all the lectures and we sit and we'd like listen and we'd watch And I got like, quote unquote, like initiated, which means like I had to chant rounds every day. So you chant a mantra on these beads 108 times, then you turn it around and then you bring it back. And I try and do like 16 a day, which takes like, it's like a two hour, over two hours of meditating, basically, of of chanting. And uh, on certain days, you fast, you don't eat food, depending on, they go by the lunar calendar. So like all the festivals and, you know, major days and stuff like that, you... You fast, you don't eat food, or you fast till noon, depending on what it is, the significance of the holiday. And uh, yeah, I guess like Sundays you do... I mean, there's you can never do too much, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I was only really into it for like a year, though, and then I went... As a kid? Yeah, yeah, and then I went back into casual life.
2: Um, do you know when the, just out of curiosity, do you know when the origins of Hare Krishna are? Like, what century? Is it, like, really, really, really 5, old?
1: thousand years old. Oh, really? Well, I it? guess Hare Krishna, so Hare Krishna comes from, it's like a lineage that's been going back, like, 500 years of the, of the teachings of Krishna consciousness. And there's so many different philosophies that all stem from the vedic philosophy which right. is scriptures that have been around forever but
0: like the oldest of scriptures yeah they're like <laughs>
1: really ancient and yeah. uh but the hari krishna's came has been around for i don't know like 500 years like this specific form of this iteration yeah yeah and uh yeah like 500 years i think there was a Guy named Lord Chaitanya, who they say was like a reincarnation of Krishna, came to India and started preaching this philosophy of like a more intimate relationship with God, with Krishna. Mm. And uh, that spun out into Krishna
2: consciousness. Okay, so.
1: Also, I'm not a representative of this. I'm just a fucking <laughs> dumb comedian <laughs> who grew up around it, okay? N- I'm, no, not, the, on I'm on not the heart and I'm not the expert.
2: You're not trying to convert us
1: right now? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. no. That,
0: there was a pause in that though. Yeah, for a that, moment. Was a, yeah
1: that was, I was a little bit of a pause. it. I was thinking yeah. about it. I was thinking yeah. about it. I was like, could I, I could start the cult right now. I can do yeah, it. You, like you, my do own. Start, you start, these start these right here. Off right now. <laughs> We're
0: setting it up
2: right exactly. here. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and you girls have followers, and so it'll just spread <laughs> right. real quick. It's like an MLM. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll just bring on people, and then they'll bring on people. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Exactly. And okay. It doesn't cost too much to join.
2: No. No, just uh free
1: a- you can do it well
2: i ask because you know there are certain like scientology where you have to pay to play and yeah well
1: my parents made like lived out of a van and made like a million dollars cash and gave all of it to the temple and they then made we made a million up dollars poor. cash yeah like doing like hustle just hustling wow
2: well, and they gave it all
1: gave it all to the temple what
2: did the temple do with it
1: I don't know, probably stole it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably in <embezzled>. Basil's. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't
1: know. they built they built temples and ran the place and it's still going, so that's good.
2: Okay, so you said that you know, you were pretty casual about it and whatnot, but I guess like what impact did it have on you growing up? like if you could contrast it to someone who maybe had no religious upbringing growing up?
1: Interesting. It was definitely the weirdest childhood. I mean, like, when you're a kid, everything's normal, sure. right? Like, uh, when I was in Hawaii, I was like, what's... It? I asked people, like, well, what was it like growing up here? they like, like hm, it is it's my just, life. It's just normal, right? Right, right. Um, it just felt totally normal. I, I had to... I started from a different place as everyone. Like, I thought this was it. And then I was like, wait, other people have other ideas. So that was interesting. And then how... What was the question again? I guess like how did how did specifically Hare Krishna, like not just
2: kind of the growing up in a rural area yeah. on a commune, like I guess with the teachings of Hare Krishna, how do you think that that like influenced who you are and how you grew up in a contrasting with someone who had no religious upbringing? Oh, it
1: made me cool as fuck. I'm yeah. so, <laughs> so happy. I'm actually like super happy about it. Um, uh, it gave me some sort of like, spiritual foundation Mm -hmm. young and if you asked me that a couple years ago i wouldn't have said that i said it's fucking bullshit it's whatever um it uh how does it change me i it made me feel a little different growing up obviously like i when i moved into the city at the age of 13 like i felt very disconnected and different than everybody but i'm also grateful i didn't grow up in just, like, general population of, like, no spiritual yearning or understanding of anything.
2: Do you feel like it gave you maybe a little bit more existential security in a way?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Not really. No. No, I wouldn't say so. What
2: do you mean then when you say it was, like, a foundational, a foundation for, like, spiritual thinking?
1: It, uh like it started i is it was great because i got to s- consider these concepts and discuss them at a very young age so it helped me um, i don't know so like maybe like if you start thinking about these things at a young age those those ideas that you ponder on you don't stop considering them mm-hmm. so it gave me a head start That's why, like, I'm 30, but I'm so wise. (laughs) I'm so advanced. I'm just so spiritually advanced. And if you want to Venmo me $500, I can share that with you.
2: Well, I kind of, like, I kind of understand what you're talking about because I was thinking about it recently because I am much more open even just to the ideas of, like, energy and, you know, like, Even just like spirits and like ghosts and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm just more open to it because I'm like, why not? And I have had certain spiritual experiences growing up and have witnessed adults who are very like open to the possibilities of those things who have shared those experiences with me, who I do trust. I was talking to Gray about this the other day, my boyfriend, because he got, I mean, like his parents grew up Catholic and, you know, I went to, did a confirmation, whatever, but didn't really have. But they weren't
0: like super practicing. Yeah,
2: and he just was not, he, we just have a different upbringing and different perspective on things now. Cause I'll be like, no, like I fully fucking believe like that, that, you know, that 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 was a ghost or something that people oh I know what you're talking about the other night I was like no there are certain people that can like see the future and like that's what's fucking crazy Mm -hmm. he's just like what are you (laughs) he's 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 just like like, what are you talking about I was like you never met someone who like prophesied something that was gonna happen to you and it like exactly happened in like very specific detail and he's like no and I'm like oh well the difference is I was in communities where that was like acceptable yeah which shit can get weird and bad in that but then also like I was exposed to at a young age like no there are absolutely people who have like spiritual superpowers that they like. One hundred percent can use to tap into a different dimension. Yeah. And if
1: you if if people don't introduce that idea at a young age, there's no way you're going to be open to other ideas. Like
2: you're also not trained to recognize those moments yeah. as a child. Because let's be real, like part of it. Now I'm getting really woo woo, yeah. but part of it's about training too. Like if you have not been attuned to certain like gut instinctual things yeah. or sensing certain energies and people and rooms, like. It's just going to take more practice as an adult and it's going to yeah. be more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm.
1: I think if I grew up in the city just like totally regular and if somebody tried introducing another idea to me, I'd be like you're out of your goddamn mind. Like yeah. I'm not even going to entertain this insane idea.
2: Okay, so what about the opposite? What about when you moved to the city and you had grown up okay. like this? Did you feel that that way towards the normal ideas?
1: A little bit. I was yeah. just like I've al- I've always one thing that I'm really grateful for is I've always viewed kind of overall society. Like I've always seen through the illusion a bit.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: These evil fucking forces <laughs> coming at us from every angle. I've always seen through that fucking bullshit since I was young. So that's how it's benefited me to answer your question. All this evil. Um, so the uh, I like how you're talking about how you, you're more interested in it now, right? Yeah. And then you went away and sort of came back. Yeah. And so, you so, that, so,
2: I'm right? just my particular experience. I wasn't as Jess was. We were just talking about this. Jess yeah. was really involved in like this church community until like early 20s. Mm-hmm. I was as a teenager. Like I think I probably wasn't super into being a Christian mm. in starting my early teens, and so yeah. like I'd go to youth group, and you know I'd be with boyfriends. I'd be like, no, we shouldn't have sex. No, okay, <laughs> oh, you know, no Like Next time not. we'll try again. We'll try again. <laughs> right, right, right. But and so I definitely saw a connection to like, oh, this is the right thing to do. Like I had not gotten to the point where I was like, this is all fucking bullshit. Like no, not by any means. Yeah. But I was just like, eh, if I don't live my life. To the tenets of christianity i got plenty of time i got lots of years on yeah. earth to do that was kind of my thing it's kind of like whatever um but then in my in my early 20s especially like dating people who had absolutely no like christian or spiritual or religious upbringing at all i did kind of have a a, a grieving period where i was like holy fuck like i don't think this shit is real and like this is so yeah. upsetting yeah, and like this is my home like this is my family, my home, like everything I've known.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Falling oh, through my fingers. Yeah, I I totally can relate to that. Where I'm like, wait, is everybody I grew up with, are they like dumb? Like, are they a bunch of idiots? Like, <laughs> am I smarter than them? Because... because I, I know what's going on and it's not that and they're idiots like fuck like that's so arrogant I yeah, just realized yeah. you know what I was realized as we were talking and as you were talking about that is the lowest point in my life which is probably 18 to 23 which is kind of everyone's lowest point sure, like it's kind of when you fuck sure, up I, but that's also like, the point yeah. where I had like zero God in my life of any form mm. you know like 18 is when I'm like fuck all that shit mm. I'm Fully like atheist, like doing my own thing. Is and that the I, point
2: you got? Yeah, this point you got to?
1: Yeah, I'm just like not into Ka-ching. any form of it whatsoever. And then at 23 is like when I got sober and it started like a you know my own sort of spiritual path and and uh which like through like AA, which is basically like a Christian almost yeah. thing, you know, or through through a 12 step program, which is kind of like you know it's it's like built like has the whole Christian aesthetic and the Christian philosophy It's based on it. this Judeo Christian God. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, well, it's actually any God. It's like it's kind of plug and play to any religion. Okay. But it was mm-hmm. like made by a bunch of Christian people. So you'd say all like those the same prayers and stuff. And uh doing that is like what has led me to the point where you're at where I'm like, I'll do fucking crystals, I'll do Reiki, like I'll do whatever. Like I'm all into the heart, like I, I like the heart Krishna stuff now. I'll go to church, like I'll do whatever. Like uh-huh. I'm totally like open to, to, uh-huh. to all that shit.
2: Mm. Um, w- what point did you say, like what got you to the point where you're like, fuck this? Like and, and that kind of that arrogant point, like you're saying, or like, yeah, damn, it, I know it and they don't.
0: Did it start? Like was it, did it slowly start to happen once you moved to the city and were kind of exposed to... No, once I moved things. to the
1: city, I, we still, like, we lived on the temple property, and I still went to the temple. Like, okay. I was, like, in... Even when we moved to the city till the age of, like, 18, I was, like, still into it. I think it's when we moved to another city where I wasn't... Didn't have any contact with Hare Krishna's... Okay. ...that I was able to just hang with people, and then... Part of it was just me trying to fit in so that I didn't really like acknowledge it and talk about it. I was like, I just want these people to like me. Like these people aren't going to like accept me for this like fucking weirdo, which in hindsight, who gives a fuck? Um, And then that's when I was just started being like, huh, I think these people are a little nuts. Mm
2: -hmm. Can I ask you now... And I don't. No, you're not bringing it up, but I am. But like, you had a serious loss in your life at like 17, right? Yeah. Like your mom passed away when yeah. when you were 17. What? First of all, how did you conceptualize death in the face of that like super heavy loss? And did that then shape that kind of shift in thinking going through that?
1: It didn't. To be honest with you, like, losing her at 17, it's like, took me, like, many years to even process it yeah. whatsoever. Because I also had suffered the tragedy of, I really suffered the tragedy of losing my mom at a much younger age. Like, when I was two years old, you know, because of mental illness and because she was institutionalized and just kind of wasn't a part of my life mm. growing up. Mm-hmm. So, when I lost her, it was, like, uh, even to this day, I'm still, it still sort of hits me. And I still am trying to figure it out. Um it didn't really make me process death any differently. I don't know, but I definitely do feel like some people like some people say you're dead, you're dead, like that's it. Um there is but I also believe that like, you know, that there is you know, she is there, sort of helping and guiding, and you know, you feel her presence and stuff like that. And like, oddly enough, like really good things always happen to me on Mother's Day, which is odd and mm. like, it's interesting.
2: So, did you when she first passed away? How did you think of that in terms of your upbringing? Do you, were you like, oh, maybe she's onto oh, another right, life? Right. That's what I was curious about. Is well, like, I was,
1: so you know what? Part of that, I think, was uh, that's a lot where like a lot of my resentment started. I think. Uh, okay. You know because. I was like, uh, I was like, well, she like gave her whole life to this movement and these people, made all this money, did all this stuff. And then as soon as she was like crazy, you know, quote unquote mentally, I felt like everybody, so they like kind of turned their back on her a bit. Uh huh. And, uh, So that was like where my resentment started, you know? And I'm just like, I'm like, um, and then I was like, huh, maybe maybe she, maybe that, the whole religion thing like fed into it. Like, and then I just started questioning all that stuff. And then- other things happen, that, and that's like where the resentment started. Mm-hmm. And then that resentment slowly built out into like an overall deterioration.
2: Hmm. Okay, so now
1: like, are you? Do you want to be my therapist? <laughs> yeah, I, I can do it. I, I can
2: <laughs> do it. At what point did you feel like your resentment? I'm not really digging a deal. What point do you feel like your resentment was really at its peak where you were really like angry? Did you get, did you have that point? I guess I'm assuming that you got to a point where you felt angry. Maybe not. Angry. You're know, like maybe that's us projecting because we get maybe yeah. But did you ever have a feeling kind of these feelings of like, dude, uh, fuck uh, that. A like what I me
1: when I when I think back to myself when I was 19, um is like, I'm like, was I the dumbest, most vapid <laughs> fucking <laughs> idiot of all time? Because I was just like, I get Facebook memories, like Facebook statuses. Oh God, what a nightmare from that time. <laughs> I'm like, you want to ask me about what was going on spiritually in 2011? Yeah. Yeah, my Facebook status is like, getting this money. And I'm like,
2: You're <laughs> like, I'm like I
1: had a minimum wage job. Like, what? Am I, why would I just post, is getting money? Like, what the? And, and
0: <laughs> that's the reason guy. I deleted Facebook. I <laughs> right. was like, I cannot be, I cannot hold on to these memories. I can't become face to face with and my so, old friends. It's old so funny shit. when
1: I think about like having these spiritual revelations at, at that age.
0: Okay, broads, one more quick pause. Is there anything better than getting a compliment on something you're wearing when you're out and about? No, there's nothing better. <laughs> the easiest way to put a smile on anyone's face is by dishing out a random compliment. And we can all admit it. There's that one item in everyone's closet that you just know is going to get a compliment For me. It's any pair of shoes from Rothy's without fail if i wear a pair of rothy's shoes out someone somewhere is going to give me a compliment on them either because they also have a pair that they love or because they don't have a pair but want one and you know mama likes some affirmation thank you Rothies.
2: oh it's really no surprise that Rothies brings in the compliments they are super stylish they go with literally every outfit and once you put them on it's game over baby and Rothies are hands down the most comfortable shoes i own It's like they were specifically made for your feet. Um, But even beyond the comfort and the versatility, of course, Rothy's surpasses all of the shoe companies because of their commitment to sustainability. Every Rothy's product is knit with thread made from plastic water bottles, which has allowed them to repurpose over 125 million water bottles so far. Unbelievable.
0: I've been loving their slip-on loafers lately. They're the pair of shoes that are always by the front door. You know that pair? You know that pair. The one that no matter what I'm wearing or where I'm going, I can always count on them to work for the occasion. So, keep them by the front door so you can slip them on in a moment's notice, okay? Those are
2: Rothys. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com/chatty. That's R O T H Y S.com/chatty for 20 bucks off your first order.
0: So for a lot of my life, I thought that buying clean, healthy products for my home or for eating, whatever, always meant that I was going to be spending big money. Blame it on the clickbaity articles showing wildly priced snacks at boutique grocery stores or big brand marketing tactics. But I was seriously convinced that the only way to buy good for you products was to blow your whole paycheck at the grocery store. But I am happy to report I now know that's just simply not true If you're shopping at Thrive Market.
2: Oh, I love Thrive. Okay, so Thrive Market is the online marketplace on a mission to make clean, healthy living accessible for everyone. So when you sign up for a Thrive membership, you're going to get access to thousands of cleaning products all at a discount. Oh, not cleaning products. Clean products. Sorry. Clean products. They do have clean cleaning products too, but they have literally every single room in your house covered. They've got pantry staples, baking goods, healthy snacks, clean beauty products. Literally, you could do all of your shopping on Thrive Market right from your couch. And you can even shop items specific to your lifestyle using over 90 different filters from their site.
0: For example, let's say you wanted keto-friendly chocolate snacks that were also zero waste. Just select those filters on the site and boom, all the options that fit those choices are pulled up, ready for you to shop. I get so, so many things from Thrive Market, primarily the cooking essentials, Lots of snacks because we are a snacking family, 100%. Thanks to Thrive, I've discovered so many new healthy snacks that have turned into our family's favorites.
2: Can your grocery store do that? Join Thrive Market today to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over 50 bucks. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash chatty to get 50% off your first order and a free gift worth over 50 bucks. That's thrivemarket.com slash chatty chatty.
1: Because I look at that person as just like an idiot. Mm. I'm like, maybe I was spiritual because I'm like, ah, I just want to fucking, I don't know. I just get drunk. I just <laughs> hang with my friends. Like it was just, it was almost, there was just, it, there, there was zero spiritual yearning, I think. But possibly a lot of that was just like suppressing any of that shit and just purely trying to live on just, like, the lowest vibration. You know, I think, like, some people live bad lives, so they just want to live on a low vibration. They want the small talk. They want to push feelings down with drugs, alcohol, and food, and they want to watch basic shows. They just want to, like, just let's kind
2: of right? Like, if I, we can kind of neutralize everything, the highs and the lows if yeah. we kind of keep it here.
1: Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to have bad feelings if I'm right. just, like... Right. Just being a simple idiot, you know? Well, right. I always
0: wonder, too, like, for those of us who are raised with religion from, like, the get, most of us always have those series of years, if they don't last for the rest of our lives, but those series of years where I think we, like like you're saying, have to operate at a low vibrational level almost because we've been forced to try to operate at a high vibrational level since the day we were born, mm. like trying to be spiritual with everything 24 seven. I think sometimes as a kid it can be overwhelming because you're not having those moments of almost being able to be like being allowed to test different vibrations and test different places. And so yeah. it's almost like you come to a point where you're like, I kind of have to turn it off for a second because I've been trying to operate at this point peak where I'm thinking there's 20 levels to everything always and I need to just kind of turn my brain off and I think sometimes it's then hard at least I know for myself to not then stay there did you have that
2: experience
0: oh a thousand percent yeah a thousand percent I think that was uh, I hadn't even walked away from the church yet at that point but it was like I was still going to church but I literally turned off everything like Mm -hmm. that was when I was you know partying way too much and my life was just full surface level. Yeah. And I felt like I had to to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Like maybe not the, you know, the uh consumption of alcohol or whatever, but I had to just be, I don't know,
1: just surface. Yeah. Yeah. But that led me know. that led me to unhappiness. That led me oh, to yeah. being an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I feel like I didn't go through a specific period, but I feel like there were certain ways where I would like numb myself like with like with the dating with boyfriends and stuff with like having That's a, a person <laughs> yeah. by my side yeah. to give me affirmation and validation so that I didn't have to like look within myself and like look at myself and process through all these feelings of like unworthiness i had that were tied mm-hmm. to like religious mm-hmm. guilt of not doing those things because i still to this day experience so much guilt about like watching tv about just zoning out and not doing oh, anything God, like yeah it plagues me like i feel yeah. so much shame around like wasting my life like wasting my time away
1: yeah, yeah. um uh, you're you're an ambitious person though right so i think you're always gonna sure. feel some uh, some guilt with everything you do, like yeah. I work in, I work out twice a day, seven days a week. I fucking do all this shit, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my phone too much. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, up,
0: like, you, know? <laughs> you talk about that. I'm like, dude, you're doing something twenty four seven. I, I, <laughs> what
2: I, about? I though in processing through um this therapy I'm doing is calling brain spotting. Like in processing through that, I have though noticed that it it's not necessarily a byproduct of ambition. It's much more for me, at least a byproduct of religious upbringing. That um that because you because your time is given to you which I do believe it is you must not squander it and then the squandering is the part that's a very specific term that is relative right but like in religious upbringing to squander it is to do things focused on your own pleasure and that's across the board in lots of religions I'm sure in Hare Krishna too in the pursuit of debauchery sex drugs you know food overindulging in food these things that give pleasure are inherently part of the sinful body right yeah and so i feel like a lot of that plays into my idea of when i'm being like oh i'm such a piece of shit because i just wanted to lay on the couch and eat a tub of ice cream and like scroll on instagram mindlessly and that a lot of that i think is from From uh, that social programming, be it in or out of religion, because a lot of religion infiltrates our, like, cultural narratives, too, about, like, how you should spend your time and all of that. But,
1: yeah. What's your, like, spiritual, like, do you have, like, a specific practice you do?
2: So, that's so interesting. And what I wanted to talk about, because I... I never feel like I had a place where I just didn't do anything spiritually. But that was kind of part of the problem is like, I feel like I was always, I've always been searching for a specific spiritual um, guidebook or group to live by. So I was still trying, even when I was in college and even on my own, I was like, I should go back to church, you know? And I don't even think that that was necessarily misguided because what I was searching for was this mooring of this belief in God, in this community, the central idea of like God and community and pursuit of a higher power and pursuit of, um, you know, leveling oneself up, I guess. But, I think that in the past several years I've been like okay you know now I'm going to focus on like going to spiritual workshops and like mm-hmm. camps and stuff like that okay now I'm going to get into astrology now I'm going to get into meditation now I'm going to do it. and then I've always fallen off the bandwagon with it Right. and part of that I've realized through therapy is because I have a lot of self-limiting beliefs that I am lazy that I never finish anything that I never follow through that I can never keep up with my reading or my practice and I get caught in that guilt-shame spiral right of like damn I was meditating for 10 days straight and now yeah. I've fallen off yeah. the wagon for four days and then I never do it again after that. Right. And yeah. like a lot of that is stuff I'm trying to deprogram right now, but in the past few months, it's become a really integrative approach for me where spirituality for me, and connecting to God is about connecting to the things that bring me joy and that bring me peace. Mm -hmm. And some of those are really simple Mm -hmm. things for me, whether it's like baking something or painting something or sitting with my kids in the backyard with no phone, just like looking at bees or whatever. Like those are the things that bring me back to myself and this pure aspect of myself that I want to preserve and develop so that it seeps through into all the other areas of my life. So I guess it's that's beautiful. my spiritual practice yeah. but as of right now. yeah. What about you guys?
1: The only thing I do consistently that I very rarely miss is I hit my knees in the morning and pray and then night and pray. Mm. And then everything else is bonus. Mm. <laughs> and I do the Hare Krishna. I started doing the Hare Krishna chanting because I wanted to meditate. Yeah. And I was like, and then I went to the TM thing and they're like, we want 1200 bucks. I'm like- Go fuck yourself. I'm not paying you 1,200 bucks for a chant. I'll be miserable for the rest of my life. I won't give up the cash. Before I pay for this Ponzi scheme. Wait, what is that? What are you talking about? You know, TM. No. Transcendental Meditation. Oh, Okay. I mean, I don't want to... It's you actually know, great. You yeah, know, It, was it, was funny. Kind of, it was, It's great. Yeah, it was but great I but a, it's great. I bought a book about it and I just learned everything I need from the book and I started doing it. And I'm sure I'm, there's probably so many TM people that are listening to this right like, now. going, Have you <gasps> shut the fuck up? That's not how oh it It's just a thing. But uh, the, the person who I met wanted money for a mantra, I'm like, just give me the mantra.
0: Yeah, like it, I need it. Give it to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just started doing the Hare Krishna one because it's something that I grew up and yeah, I know of how course, to do. Of course. And I actually, it start it has it makes me feel really good. Like as I'm saying, as I'm saying the mantra over and over and again, I can like feel like anxiety dissipating. So, I can mm-hmm. feel like my it just it's a good check. So I hit my knees in the morning. I do that. Then everything else is bonus. But at the same time, I do lots of stuff. I you know I work out. I do all that shit. I'm very much like in this like mm-hmm. insane capitalist go-getter mindset right now. Mm. Maybe you can pull me back because you're into therapy. Maybe you can mm. pull me. Maybe I'm going down a dark path right now. <laughs> and I want to ask your opinion on this. I've soured on therapy. Okay. I think...
2: Uh, what kind of therapy? Be specific.
1: Talk therapy? All of it. It's okay.
2: Talk therapy. Talk therapy. Talk, okay. Therapy. talk okay. therapy. Okay. okay okay let me let's like this look like this is like my boyfriend's going to therapy right now and i'm like i could tell him because i'm pretty self-aware i feel like i'm good at seeing this uh, stuff in other people where i'm like yo the reason that you react to me like this when i say this is because you're triggered because your mom used to do this this and this and like you need to process through that yeah and he's like what no and then of course now he's going through therapy and he's like yeah, dude, a lot of shit's coming up with <laughs> yeah. my mom, yeah. and I'm like,
1: yeah. So sure. this is good because you I need know a- you already you picked one thing. There, or I was yeah. Like, what See, the maybe, yeah, you, maybe, maybe maybe it's we'll just the okay. wrong but, person. But okay. so I
2: think that it's good for like if you from in in my personal opinion, I do think it's good for basically level processing when it's difficult for you to have opportunities to unpack shit that you don't get to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay, so now your devil's thing. advocate. I think our society puts so much emphasis on healing they're like us men you know we need to heal mm. we need to talk and it's like almost overcorrected. corrected i'm like I, I don't i i'm I don't need to heal all day you know what yeah. i mean where i i gotta <laughs> go just handle my life and that's yeah. that's gonna take care of 90 percent of the anxieties if sure. i just keep promises to myself and just try and be a good person that's gonna like deal with most of this shit so maybe I'm souring. I don't know. No, because no. I because everyone's like, dude, you should go to therapy I've done like I've been to like three therapy sessions in my life. And everyone's like, you should do therapy. One like,
2: time oh. therapy? One therapy, one session? One on one therapy. Just one I've session, done though? like
1: a ton of group stuff though. Okay, okay, okay. I call seven different people until one person co-signs my bad behavior. And you're like, you're you're right. see, this yeah. is we're
2: good. We're And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's why I trust you. Yeah. Um so for me, I started doing this thing called brain spotting, though, because I had like problem areas in my life where i was like dude like i can't figure out some childhood trauma that connects to this because that's the other problem right yeah. is like in talk therapy yeah. it's all or in specific types of talk therapy because there's definitely different kinds so sorry to the therapist we're really stepping on the toes of a lot of people in this episode oh, but no, sorry no, tar- to the I keep in mind but,
1: i'm i'm just <laughs> i'm trying to i'm not even talking shit i'm no, no, just no. putting it out there to see if i like i'm open to changing well, my well, mind. What
2: I'm saying is I don't want to represent therapy wrong, because but there are types of therapy where it's like, let's connect everything to your childhood trauma or whatever. Right, right. And right. there are some things where I'm like, bro, I can't find a specific traumatic event, which is why that I react this way when I do this. Yeah. I don't know. We can talk about it. I can't come up with anything. Yeah. I still have this problem. I don't want to be like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to communicate with my partner like this and scream at them when I get so stressed out and whatever. Or like, I don't want to have these hang ups in this part of my life where I can't function because I freeze up and I'm having some sort of panic response but I don't know why so with brain spotting it's kind of like EMDR I don't know if you've heard about heard it but like, yeah, yes. yeah so with brain spotting basically like you're listening to this bilateral music that's going back and forth to either side of your brain and you're while you're listening to it you focus on okay you know when you're talking about something like uncomfortable or traumatic and your eyes keep going to the same thing like you know you'll keep looking over at the guitar while you're like yeah, talking yeah, to me or whatever yeah. So you basically focus on a point in the room where you feel the the activation the strongest about, and it could be a thing, it could be a, an event, like this one traumatic event, Or it could be a general feeling. So like what I've been working on lately is feelings of like um, imposter syndrome around like career stuff or something like that. And then you have certain thoughts that circulate around that, right? Like I'll never be good enough. I'll never finish that project. I never finish anything. So you focus on like those key things, focus on the spot, listen to music. And then you basically like meditate on that for like 45 minutes with someone helping to guide you. And the idea is it helps your brain like process through these like, these, these, uh, abstract concepts that are really difficult to work through, and it's been fucking really helping. Yeah. So anyway, that's a totally different type of therapy that mm-hmm. is like focused
1: on. Oh, okay, well, I'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'm yeah. Sold. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds Simon. that sounds awesome. One so. thing I've learned with imposter syndrome, this will cure you right now. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is uh, like I've been, I've experienced imposter syndrome with like with like just like my business and stuff mm-hmm. where I'm just like. Well, we're just, no, are they going to find out that like, we don't know what we're doing? But then I realized, no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no one has any clue everyone's Nobody. just kind of guessing it's yeah kind of nuts
2: i think i get caught up in the shoulds though you know like just thinking with like art stuff of like oh the artists i've seen for instance like they are they, they are always going to galleries like i should be going to galleries oh, i should yeah. have more you know like that I kind can of relate stuff to that. when
1: i found mm-hmm. out kendrick lamar doesn't own a cell phone i'm like great gotta get rid of my <laughs> cell phone snap now it well. yeah. <laughs> smash
2: yeah. it on the ground right there <laughs> exactly like, i can't cool. even go
1: one minute without my fucking cell phone <laughs> that's real
2: imposter one? syndrome with like uh of being a a, a spiritual person or like someone who's conscious, right? You're yeah. like, fuck, I'm yeah. not doing that. Well, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'm a piece of shit again, right? It always comes back to yeah. that kind of inner narrative. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, that was a tangent. But where were <laughs> uh,
0: spiritual, <laughs> Sorry, pra- I'm de- no spiritual practices? So you said you, 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 uh, yeah. So I do my, mantra. I do my
1: chanting. I, I, I hit my knees and pray twice a day. And, uh, everything else is like a bonus hobby exploration like that's the way i look Mm -hmm. at it it's almost i'll treat it almost like an indulgence you know where i'm not like oh i should do this i'm just like oh this is like a fun thing i get to do
2: how do you feel though if you miss like a, a chanting for a day or something
1: not that bad you don't no i try to keep up with my prayers and then um yeah, like, I, I used to, you know, I used to go to these 12-step meetings. I mean, I still do all the time. But, like, when I was when I first started going, I was like, I cannot miss it. Like, I will not miss my meetings. Mm-hmm. And, which is great, because it worked, and life's good. But now, I'm like, I don't really care if I, like, miss it. It's, like, fine. Like, I was, I'm pretty, like, in tune with, like, how I feel. And I'm good enough to know that, like, if I'm feeling off, like I have the tools at my disposal to kind of course correct. And then when I have time on top of that, I'll always like indulge in new different spiritual ideas and discussions and listen to podcasts or YouTube videos of stuff like that. But I always, I view that as like supplemental fun stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to talk about three things. First, Jess, I want to hear what your spiritual practices are. I also want to hear about where... All of us are at in terms of just like what we believe, like yeah. what we think about, like the nature of things.
1: Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. none of us
2: know much. But then, and then I'd, I figured uh, it all out. Yeah, but, I'm but, Mormon now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gone full circle. It yep. suggests, like, kind of what are your spiritual? Oh, and then I'd also like to hear, and you could answer this in your question, um, please. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start? Do you remember that moment when you were like? In that moment of being on that low vibration or just being on that, like, fuck that bullshit, when was the moment, if you remember, where you went, oh, I kind of miss that. Or like, oh, I kind of want that mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. in my life again. Um, well, I'll say
0: spiritual practices first because I have to kind of process the moment. You know, right now, at this point in my life, um, I am not we'll get into it more, but I'm like, I don't have like a specific spiritual belief at all. Um, But I am enjoying, like, I, I think just the way that I was raised and then where I land now is like, I feel very connected to something spiritually, like whether it be God, I don't, I don't know. So for me, I've, I did something similar with you where I'm like, I was trying to kind of figure out, I'm like, what I started to do was every week I would go to some sort of different religious place of worship, like whether it be like, you know, what what different types of churches and temples. And I'm like, I'm just going to experiment every week and I'm going to see if something clicks and nothing like clicked in the way that I was like, Oh, I found my home here by any means. Um, But I did feel good being involved in spirituality, but in recent days, What I've really realized about myself is what I need for spirituality is stillness. Um, I'm not good at being still. Like, my mind is always racing. Welcome to the 21st century. I know, I know. And it's obviously that it's 10 times worse than because of social media and all these things. But... It's like, I just, I can't do it.
2: Mm.
0: And so I've really been working every day, whether it be meditating or literally just being completely still, like just sitting in the backyard and like letting the wind hit my face and just being still. And that's kind of where I started with it. And I try to do that every day and it helps so much. But then beyond that kind of where I feel like I've landed is as far as God goes, I'm like, we're God. So I'm like, when I'm interacting with you and with you and with my child and with my husband, I'm like, this is God. Well,
2: I'm Satan. <laughs> you're the
0: devil. <laughs> no, but like, I really try to,
1: that's, like divine. that's like what divine, feels divinity. like my spiritual yeah.
0: practice now where I'm just like, I've been pretty good about like, keep keeping the phone away and staying off Instagram a lot because i found myself getting caught up in the human and the humanity of that instead of just literally sitting and spending time with people. And I've been really trying in the past few months to just be and spend time with like the divine, which is the people that are in my life. Or even if I'm just having a conversation, if I'm getting a coffee, like just having trying to have a moment with like the barista. And it's just like we're there's like divinity here and trying to really soak in that energy. And that has felt really spiritual for mm-hmm. me. And that feels like a practice that I feel like I can really step into every day because we're always interacting with each other.
2: Like David Zadar says, (laughs) everyone's got something interesting to share. Everyone's got something interesting to share, but for real, you know?
0: Um, And then the question, when was that moment that I realized that I needed something? Um, Probably two moments. One being after, after, when I was still involved in the church and then I was just like partying and like just ha- having sex and just kind of doing my thing and feeling like I had to just zone out. <laughs> You're like, Whoa. Whoa, I didn't realize that I was inter- dealing with that.
1: <laughs> like, I'm going to have to uh,
0: take leave here. Um, but in that place, I hit a point where I realized that I was really unhappy and so I'm like, I need something spiritual again. And so I just kind of dove back into the church where I was already. Because I had what, kind of. What, what point was this at? That was like in my early, early 20s. Okay. Like 21, 22, probably. Like right
2: after you graduated mm-hmm. or something.
0: And I, but I was still like involved in the church, but I wasn't participating okay. really. Even though I was there every week, I wasn't mentally participating. And then I just was like, I'm going to try to dive back and get involved in the church. Didn't go so well for me. That's when I really started to realize the issues that I had with it. And I was like, oh, probably because I was actually taking notice now for the first time I was letting myself. And then once I stepped away from the church, um, I had to really deconstruct and like let myself be angry for a little while. And then probably about a year and a half ago, I was just having a conversation with Ember. She was asking me all these questions. And all of a sudden, I kind of had this moment where I'm like, I feel really disconnected spiritually I feel like I'm consumed and that's why I bring up like Instagram but I feel like I was just so consumed with like online chatter and no spiritual practice and then I was listening to my daughter asking me questions about spirituality that I'm like was that
2: in 2020 2020 yeah twenty twenty one,
0: twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, because I was just thinking those were moments too, like just saturated by so much like so much. online stuff. So many of these like thought processes and relationships were all like really virtual and made up. Like during that time, in so many ways, I think it left a lot of people feeling like spiraling. Yeah, and, like, what the fuck? I felt
0: like I had been like wrung out of any spiritual feeling at all. Mm. I just felt like every part of my body hurt from like looking down at my phone, just tense,
1: right? Too
0: much, just too much. No, when I say spirituality, I mean like the energy, like you can yeah, just feel it force. between the human, the divine between each other. Like it, I was wrung dry. And then all of a sudden when I'm having this little like four-year-old or five-year-old at the time asking me about God, I was like, "Where? what do I believe? Like, what am I doing right now? I'm just ignoring everything that is divine. And I'm just... Mhm. saturating myself with, I don't know, imagine, like, not real shit. Yeah, imaginary. Yeah, straight, I, straight stuff up Stuff that just doesn't even up. exist when I can, like, reach out and touch you guys, but I was just in my hole.
2: So what was the first... Do you remember the first, like, attempt to be like, I'm going to do this spiritual thing?
0: It literally just started with... Um, Like honestly, it's it's so stupid and simple, but just like turning my phone off and putting my phone away. Like I would just was taking breaks and just being like, okay, I have to, you know, to a certain degree, turn something on for work, but I have my set hours and then I'm off. Yeah. And then I started to just reach out to more. I had noticed that I just had fully like not been reaching out to friends or family at all. Just always by myself. Even once like mandates were lifted and like it wasn't even that wasn't the issue anymore. It was like I just got stuck there. Yeah. And so I just started reaching out to people and calling people. I never called anybody before and just taking moments. And then, like I said, just honestly, just sitting outside. Yeah. I never left my home. I was indoors all the time. Like I started to go outside. Yeah. It's just simple and like (laughs) it's so minimal, but. I lost it
2: but we're like hamsters on the hamster wheel right and and then all of a sudden we're like oh yeah I don't know I fully I I fully
0: lost sight of it and I just went oh well I'm not I don't believe in Jesus and God in this this way anymore and I just like let my brain turn it like turn that off completely and that wasn't good for me either like because I cut myself off from the divine I think
2: Abby, when yeah. did you notice like that you were like, wait a second, I'm like missing something?
1: Probably right before I got sober. Mm. Yeah. I was like It was just I just I was just unhappy. I was I couldn't figure out what was going on in my head and my life. I just felt like felt very alone too. Like, I mean mm. I, I was di- kind of disconnected from my family and uh I didn't feel like uh I had that many like deep connections with a lot of people and I felt like there was just like a hole missing, you know, and I'm I was trying to fill the, uh, you know, the God shaped hole with drugs, alcohol, uh, attention from yeah. stand up and notoriety and, and all that shit. And it didn't make me feel happy. And so getting sober, I was able to, I like felt kind of worse at first cause I'm like, now I have nothing but then I slowly but surely started to feel better. And then where I'm at now with that is like like I believe God's real. I believe whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like I'm very it sounds so basic to say agnostic, but I'm base my my philosophy is whatever label I put on it doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. not gonna change. I'm like, the whole universe isn't gonna change sure. because I put a label on it, right. right? So I'm very much like, I live as if God's real because I know that makes me feel better, and which kind of reinforces my belief in whatever that is. And that's, an, and my understanding of that is something that's always kind of evolving, and I'm trying to figure it out.
2: Why does it make you feel better? What? You said, like, you know, believe in God, because, like, that makes me feel better. Like, in what way?
1: It makes me feel like uh, it's something I can sort of tether, like, all my decisions to. It's like a guiding force. It makes me feel connected to everything and everybody. And I feel like it just makes... makes sort of makes the universe and everything make a little bit more sense if it's all connected to one thing.
2: Does it allow you maybe to are you someone that struggles with like control? Like just like controlling the controlling the decisions for the outcomes of like your life or like I'm going to oh, do this, yeah, do this, do this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I want all my shit and I want it right now <laughs> and I want money. And I want Everything, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Does belief in God sometimes allow you to surrender like a little bit more to like the possibilities of if things don't go your way?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. God makes me like, it's just the idea just, anytime it's like, you know, you got my will and they got God's will. My I, My friend gave me this analogy that I thought was so profound. Like in life, it's like my job is to row and God's job is to steer. And I just row and God steers and I try and, not to have too much attachment to scenarios in my head that I came up with that nobody promised me mm-hmm. that I'm just coming up with based on my best guess for what that is. And I've so far I've never been steered in the wrong way. It's like mm-hmm. there's been moments where like, oh, this corner looks scary or that water looks scary up ahead or like this sucks in the moment or like, oh, I'm cold here. Then, But it always ends up in like a better place. And and. Time after time where I can connect the dots looking backwards and things feel like they've always worked out, it further reinforces my belief.
2: Well, and I would say too that like sometimes even the outcomes, even like when you look back at it, you're like, wow, well, that outcome fucking sucked. But if I think if you do allow yourself to surrender, the good outcome is that you are growing and trusting more, right? And learning to like release more. Even if the like objective life that you have around you is shit, Mm -hmm. you could still be like, see the perspective of how you have come as a person and how you've been changed.
1: Wait, say that one more time.
2: No, I was just thinking (laughs) about like, you can basically like, look, there are some people whose lives like the, the, the objective experiences in their life fucking suck. Yep. Right. You know, there's always those people where it's like, dude, my entire family got in a car crash and like all of my loved ones died at once. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's just shitty. Yeah. You know, you're not you're probably not gonna look back at that in 20 years now and be like, No, I understand. Oh, it all works out. Yeah, you know, of no, of course. No, of course. But like, I think what you're talking about, about surrender and this idea of like sort of God steering, even if you're going through all this shitty stuff you could still look back if you have kind of like allowed yourself to surrender yeah. and be like i have grown
1: so much in like my trust in myself and trust a thousand percent in- well also by surrendering i realize how much control i actually do have mm-hmm. over a lot mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. which oddly enough makes you feel like you have more control in life and let and you're okay with what you can't control right mm-hmm. it actually it, it gives me a lot more clarity on those things where I can pursue something to the most and put everything I have into it, yet still surrender and be okay with the outcome. And that's the whole point of it.
2: Well, because like, this is a cliche, but the only thing we can control is like our reactions to circumstances. Exactly. And even though that's a cliche, that's a really complicated concept. Yeah, it's
0: a cliche that like, we'll never truly can understand. Well, it's like, so powerful. It you spend your, your, you'll spend your whole life trying to like really break that well, down.
2: Well, and it's so hard because it's like if you can only control your reaction like no and Gray and I argue about this because he's like no, I can't help if I get like angry when someone fucking almost hits me and cuts me off in their car, right? It's because like pure fear in that moment but like imagine if you could get to you, I think you can get to the place where someone yep. could be screaming in your face and be like fuck you and they could be yep. totally in the wrong and you could go yeah can't control how you feel about that and i'm not gonna let myself get like emotionally dysregulated and i just gotta keep doing me which is like year takes years of practice Mm -hmm. but i do think we all do have the power to control our reactions and recognize what's in our control and the way we react to situations that will make our life like that much closer to bliss
1: absolutely um and you can't control if you want some opportunity and you're it's like uh Krishna said to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, "Like you're entitled," paraphrasing, "you're entitled to your labor, not the fruits of your labor. Mm. You're, you're only entitled the that's the only thing Ooh, you're like entitled that. to is is what you can do. You're not you're not entitled to any of the results, and so you have to stay out of the results. And you're but you're entitled to try as hard as you want.
2: That's pretty good. That's very good because." yeah also if you get disappointed that you didn't get those fruits then that will taint the entire labor process that you might have even enjoyed or grown from mm-hmm. right exactly like, mm-hmm. interesting and you're
0: missing you're thinking about the fruits you're not, you're not you're yeah you're missing the moment you're missing the moment
1: okay
2: so what do you think about it about life
1: oh to, yeah, sorry to cut uh-huh. you off but my guy is joe rogan so <laughs> I yeah. whatever Joe Rogan says, like that's, Joe Rogan my says that's my God and I pray point. to Joe Rogan I have a little mandala with his face mm-hmm. and I have all the other you do your mantras your to Joe yeah yeah I got like my, For Joe, sure. my Joe prayers For and, sure. uh, and all that and uh it's pretty good. It's That's good. Made my life a And lot all better. you
0: have to pay is to Spotify. Right. For that, for that religion. Yeah, Honestly. exactly. It's just, it's not that big of a cost. And yeah,
1: he said some questionable <laughs> things, but every religion has a bad past, you know? Every, re- everybody, every, every religion's got something. <coughs> There's some dirt
2: on Jesus. I know it. I'm just waiting to find it. <laughs> I know it. I'm going to figure it out.
0: Um where I land. So, like I said, it makes me feel good to think that there is a God, that there is some sort of deity controlling everything. But I don't think about it often because I feel like I cannot, it's not something that I'm ever going to, you know, be able to prove or disprove or really until it. <laughs> to, like i'm face to face with my creator <laughs> okay? um but so that's that's not something that i honestly think about very often anymore for me because again i think that there's the trauma there too where it's like it was so that was was held to so closely by like my church as it's like there is a God. He does. Ex- I mean, it's so it's so black and white. There's no like, well, maybe. So I don't really go and there. And also the idea
2: of God. Right. It's this it's like this man figure. It, it has to be. This. It's for sure a man.
0: It's <laughs> a thousand percent a man. There's no way it is Joe Rogan. No way he's a fucking chick,
2: um, <laughs>
0: <dude>. <laughs> He eats elk meat. He's often shirtless. Um, but I think that... Um, Yeah, for me too, like you were saying, I have then this certain perspective of who God is because of how I was raised. And that's hard for me to shake. So even when I try to think about God in a different form, it's still kind of this man in the sky and whatever. So for me, I like to think that there's a deity. I like to think that there's a God, but it's not something that I think about often. What I feel like my kind of religion, religion, my faith has become... Um, is what I know here, which is human beings. Which so, is hell. Which is hell. <laughs> no, for real, though. It's human beings. And that's all that I have. Like, I can sit here and think about a deity. I can sit here and think about, like, what happens afterwards. And trust me, I do. And I get so scared. But what I do know that I have is is right here. And it's humans. And that's the only divine that I know that I can experience. So for me that's become what kind of my focus has been faith-wise is just existing with human beings and like what that looks like spiritually would be like loving on each other.
1: I think you Honestly. practice what you preach too because every time I'm around you I feel like you're such a warm present Aww. person every time.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I Aww. I think I'm glad that I can fake that. (laughs) I'm glad I can fake it. No. No, but I, but you know, I, um, that's that's all that i and i kind of land there because and i literally bring this up literally every single time we talk about a religious episode but it's just it's always stuck out in my mind and it was from an interview with pete holmes whose podcast you were on it was phenomenal but um uh he did an interview with brian Regan, who's another comedian who everyone amazing but everyone assumes he's a christian because he's like quote-unquote yeah, clean yeah. right and so pete asked him like you know what do you believe what in, do
2: you mean clean like he doesn't he, swear. He
0: doesn't swear, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't do dirty jokes or what. Like he doesn't eat
2: pork? What are you talking <laughs> like, about? What do you here? mean? Uh,
0: <laughs> no, but um he he asked him, you know, what do you believe about God? And Brian said, I I don't typically like to answer that because I believe something today, but tomorrow I could read something that changes everything. So that's kind of how I feel, as in the sense of I can what, get behind
1: that, right? Yep. What
0: God is, I'm like, I kind of have my feelings right now, but tomorrow they might change, and sometimes they do. But human beings, I have here. So, from one, one of my favorite, like Derek Walcott poems, I've just been trying to live spiritually on a plane that is give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, like sit and feast on the life that you have. Like that's it. And so when I have these conversations about like God and I enjoy having them, I'm like, I don't think about that as much as I do just human existence and love here. And I guess I'll find out after. I don't know.
2: When you envision death, what do you like if you had to put your money on it? What, what's it going to be like?
0: I think that we, I, I think that we won't know. I have this feeling that like we die and our energy goes elsewhere, and maybe our energy is somewhat cognizant, but probably not. Like floating so
1: I just, somewhere or like yeah. doing
2: stuff,
0: floating, connecting. One to thing something. I know
1: for sure isn't going to happen when I die is like I'm not going to die and I'm going to wake up and there's going to be some guy going you idiot yeah. wasted your time praying that's not real you idiot it's true though. you're all wasted your time being nice to people and praying and now you're dead no. you know it's true though no it's and better that's... to be happy than to be right <laughs> It's true.
0: It's so true. And that's the thing. And that's kind of we were talking about at the top of the episode where I'm like, I used to feel kind of like triggered by people who were participating in certain religious practices just because they were harmful for me growing up. But I'm like, if you're not hurting anyone and that's what brings you peace and serenity and joy here and helps you love on other people here, I'm all for it. But I think that's all that we have is just loving on people in this plane. And then maybe we'll find out at some point. After we die and maybe we'll be cognizant and maybe we won't. Where do you land now? I have no idea where you land now. We haven't talked about it in
2: a minute. No, I mean, I think first of all, to like where I am at just with different religions in general is I'm like and no insult to anyone but like I get so infuriated right now with like some of my family members or friends where they're like, no, like I think that this is what it is and I'm like bro you have no fucking like we literally have nothing to go off of no. like that is where i'm at where like when christians are just like no like i know there's a god and like jesus died for me i'm like okay like that's fine you can believe that like but to think that that's like the the ultimate truth the objective truth is really kind of like mind boggling to me where i'm just kind of like i don't get how you could say that that's really haughty or like lofty and like the the limitedness of our human understanding which is really funny because I was always raised taught that humans have such limited understanding yet all the humans around me were telling me that they like understood what was to come you know based on their interpretation of the Bible where I was like these two don't well, align that's right. the very
0: Christian trope of like we'll never they, they, they humans use, are like, idiots we'll never God understand is. God when you ask a question that's kind of like well what do you mean by this it's like well we'll never understand God right. but also like I know there's, well no my parents
2: just taught me that like p- that humans inherently are like limited in our understanding yeah. of the divine which I it's, totally it's agree like, with
1: but if a but... cat is in a room like the cat doesn't know there's wi-fi mm-hmm. in the room <laughs> right and we're like one level above right.
2: that no so like i agreed them on that point but then it would just sort of be like but god gives us the answers but then i'm like wait but with your human understanding you're determining that this book was written by god and that like your interpretation of this book is the way that god intended it like there's a lot of big assumptions being made there which I'm not really into, but I'm fine if you are. I really so that, that's where I'm actually at the point where I'm like, I really don't give a fuck if people are like super, like heavy into their religions. Like it bugs me sometimes where I just like roll my eyes at like I'm just like okay, I think that's kind of dumb, but it really like doesn't bother me, and I'm and I'm all for it and. Yeah, uh, any do... full circle moments. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, I've had, I've had moments. Um, I, I don't think I've ever fully like stepped away, stepped away, but like definitely in the past few years, like I think this is what I, okay. So like I got a, a tattoo of like a rosary thing, which the rosary is just cause it's cute and Nicole Richie did it. But people are like, <laughs> why would you get across, you know, if you like always talk about like your Christian upbringing and I'm like, dude, I don't think people understand. Like I love the Bible. I'm very knowledgeable of it. I love reading it. I feel like I get so much spiritual insight into myself, into like this, this history of the past of our culture and our world, and like where people stood on things and how they did things, and how much of that truth transcends through time. You know, like my favorite verse ever is from Ecclesiastes, and it says something to the effect of like, um, "What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun." And there's so many passages in the Bible like that, that I'm like, boom, yes, like this is eternal truth. This is eternal truth of our existence as humans. And that's what this book is about, about like human fucking, the arc of human existence. Mm. And I find that so incredibly powerful. And I find like the story of Jesus really powerful too of this, but as this, um, Template for this idea of like self sacrifice and this idea of like pure compassionate love for people who don't deserve it. And I think that that's so beautiful if we can actually put that into effect in our life with people who are anti maskers, with people who are anti abortionists, with the people, all these people who fucking piss us off and we want them to go to hell. If we can have that Jesus Christ like love of modeling like i would i would i would sack i would lay down my life for you i'd sacrifice myself for you even though i think you're a piece of shit because i care about who you are like exactly. so but well where i'm at in just terms of spirituality stuff like i do gray and i were tripping out the other night we were so high and i was just like bro because i'm so into like herbalism stuff i'm like dude the fact that on this planet we have all of these plants that can heal every single part of our body. Yeah. Like like, really, like there are specific plants that will heal your liver, that will he- heal this part of your body, that will heal your heartburn, that will heal like literally, and we don't utilize fucking any of it, of course, because it doesn't make money. But like there yeah. are these things on the earth around us, even parts of other animals that you can eat to heal this part of yourself that can heal every part of your body. That's so fucking crazy. We have plants on this earth that will shift our consciousness so we can see into these divine planes like... Yo, this Earth was, like, made for us. Not in the weird capitalist sense where it's like, yeah, it's made for me. I'm going to, like, take over everything. But, like, no, it's like this Earth was designed as this, like, oasis for us Mm -hmm. as humans, like, with our bodies and with the animals around us all in fucking perfect harmony.
1: Yeah, it's so... Unless it's a
2: simulation.
1: (laughs) This is totally off topic, but, like, humans are so arrogant that, like everything's evolved together in this natural way for millions and millions and millions of years. Right. And then people are like, well, no, we really figured it out in the last 50. We're like, let's take, let's manufacture food, take out all the nutrients. Like that's the way to do it. Right. <laughs> well, it is the way to do it to make money.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to, but anyway, yeah. But, but like, a whole
1: other podcast right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, it blows my mind where I'm like, wow. And it comes back to that, like Christian upbringing, part of me I'm like, whoa, Things are so made in such divine harmony for our existence here on Earth. And it's so cool. And I'm in constant awe of it. And the more that I get back into these rhythms of like, like you were talking about the lunar cycles, about the changes in the seasons, about the way that we're supposed to interact with our food and the animals that we keep and the water we keep and all these things are in such divine harmony if we allow them to be we have strayed so far from the Lord's oh, path. We have strayed far from the God's Lord's good path. graces. Let me tell you. And again, that's another podcast. Uh. But it just amazes me. So I think that that's just where I'm at. And I, I'm not at the point where I'm like, I, I just feel like I've moved on beyond the like, fuck this or fuck that. The only thing that I feel fuck this or fuck that about is like, Anyone claiming to have like all the all the right answers? Sure. Yeah, if they're not,
1: sure if they're not Joe Rogan,
2: right? <laughs> if they're not Joe Rogan, or yeah. if they're not Joe
1: Rogan,
0: or Becca, we
1: true.
2: <laughs> so, but yeah, so life, guys. Am life. I right?
0: Yeah, it's all just
2: just one more question. Like, what? How? What, what advice would you give to someone who is like in the thick of that, like resentment or bitterness, whether it be towards the church? Or or maybe even just like they're I feel like it's all intertwined, like they're upbring with their family or something, where they're just in that point yeah. where they're like, fuck all of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: What do you have any soothing words of wisdom to kind of offer or advice kind of coming out a bit on the other side?
1: Yeah, I think so. I would say to that person, You're you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't know everything. You're not God, just be open to the idea of there's something out there to make you happy, whether that's Mm. just, I would say, I would say if you're in that like bitter, resentful phase, don't even like pursue God, pursue happiness just a little bit, and then just pursue a journey. And then when you're on that, when you're on that journey, but you don't want to be stuck in this place where you're just bitter and angry, because that's not good for you or anybody. It doesn't matter... And also the idea of like, it doesn't matter if you're right, just try and be happy, you know what I mean? And try and just start a journey and that journey is gonna lead you to wherever you need to end up spiritually or mentally.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seeking fulfillment, like something yeah, that truly seek, fulfills seek, seek you. Yeah, seek fulfillment
1: and seek purpose. And by seeking fulfillment and purpose, you're gonna need, if you're trying to live a big life or live a happy life and abundant life with a lot of friends, you're gonna need a lot of assistance on the way, like you can't do this shit alone. Like you have to have people around you and some mm. sort of motivate internal motivation. And you're going to have to experiment and read and ex- try a lot of different things to when you're when you're on your journey. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I would say if you're in that state of like bitterness, um, I think it's important to let yourself feel that. I wouldn't shame yourself into feeling like you don't have the right to feel angry and resentful. I think it's okay to feel that way. But after a certain amount of time, I would say, start to question, is this bitterness and anger really making you feel better? Do you want to stay here? Or are you just letting whatever trauma your past religion had on you continue to have a hold on you? And part
2: of your identity. Right. Right.
0: Because if you're just sitting in your bitterness, it means it's still controlling you. So to really get away from that. Yeah. Echoing what you said, Abby, is just like pursuing. Maybe you're not, you don't want to pursue faith. Maybe you don't want to pursue anything that has anything to do with God, but pursue something that brings you peace. Yeah. And it'll come eventually.
1: Mm. There's a lot of people that are like, quote unquote, too smart to be happy. Like they wear their anger and bitterness Mm -hmm. as a badge of honor. When it's like, are you, is that smart to be angry all the time? Like, I I don't think you're smarter than, so you can't, obviously you want to be happy. So why can't you figure that out then if you're so smart? How come you can't figure out how to be happy? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Again, all, all we know, all we know only thing we know is that we have right now so why why waste it in resentment again let yourself feel it yeah I think it's important to process it but this is all we know that we got so I think it's important to
1: I think stuff it down and hit some yeah. weights, baby. <laughs> Fuck therapy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck therapy. Just stuff all your resentment and anger down, let it boil over until one day you absolutely lose your fucking mind.
2: <laughs> That's what I think. I think like just remembering kind of in terms of both of what you were saying is like just remembering like we we all want to feel connected, right? Mm-hmm. We want to mm-hmm. feel connected to something, to someone Um, and remembering that in the way that you give grace to others and in giving grace to yourself. I was like driving. I've just been thinking about that a lot lately because with this couples therapy stuff, they're talking about like when you're at a disconnect, it doesn't matter like what, whether it's about him not coming home when he said he would or about her cheating or whatever. It's, it all comes down to like you're both longing to feel connected and you don't know how and you're at an impasse and it sucks and it's making you feel frustrated and yesterday I was just like driving and I saw this girl on the side of the road and her boyfriend was driving I'm assuming it was her boyfriend and she was just fucking screaming into the oh, car you know she was so in funny. that moment where she was just like the fuck you fuck Like and I was like oh girl I've been there I know that feeling (laughs) to be so out of control and so mad and so uh untethered you just don't know you don't even fucking care you're in a public place fuck who sees me screaming but anyway I just like literally I was like damn okay this is a shift in thinking I looked at her and I was like wow like she wants to feel like connected to him in this moment and she's so far away from that and is so frustrated being there and i was like damn okay look at my per- look at my therapy uh, perspective <laughs> shift but just like remembering that for people like even the d- the person who's being a fucking dick at the airport yeah. like mm-hmm. you know whatever all those people it's like damn they're going through something they don't even know how to connect the dots in their own head and just having grace for yourself and the people around you going through all mm-hmm. that shit so yeah but abby thank you so much <laughs> for joining so us really wonderful
0: conversation being, thanks so Vulnerable much for and open. Me. okay what do you have, do you to have plug? any dates coming up that people can see your stand up? <sighs> do anything have any to plug dates coming
1: up uh, I'm gonna be in New York for the month of June. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm stand up all over the place. I Fun. might be in Canada the first first week of June so I don't have the exact dates on anything right now, but just find me on social and I post all my shows, my story and everything and I'd love for everyone to come out and check cool. it out.
0: Cool. We love your you, girls. What are your
2: socials? Oh yeah, the socials oh, at
1: Abby Robarge, A B B Y R O B E R G E. Abby, and thank I you so much. I'll thank you, everything. Abby. Thank you so much. it's just so nice seeing you, girls. Oh, we love you, you both. Just somehow continue to be more attractive and cool thank every you. single day, you and thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome to be here.
0: Chat soon. We'll chat soon, rods.